Hey, welcome back to Well, That's Interesting. The damn, we've been at this a long time edition. <laughs> Today is episode 129, oldest meal cooked with fire so far, and one of the oldest written sentences so far. Oh my God, I'm so, so excited for this, my friends. Oh, if you're a member of the flock, then you know when we're not talking about holes, uh, tapeworms, tapeworms sometimes in those holes, or the staggering, terrifying breadth and width of our infinite universe, we're probably talking about some old shit found right here on Earth. Today, we'll be covering two new discoveries, specifically two newly uncovered objects that have completely rewritten human history. And I'm not fucking exaggerating. In the first half of the show, well, it turns out we humans have been throwing dinner parties for a long, and I mean a long time. The simple remains of a fish have revised the answer to the question, how long have we been cooking? Now, actually, revised, no, revised isn't the correct word here. I'd say the phrase completely blowing the original answer out of the fucking water <laughs> is more accurate here. Hold on to your doilies. Then after the break, another unique human trait, uh, writing and using an alphabet. Well, my friends, an itty-bitty relic from the past was discovered in 2016, and it wasn't until recently that a sharp pair of eyes noticed, yeah, there's, there's fucking lettering on this thing, and we should probably figure out what it says and when the fuck it came from. <laughs> the answer to this, too, is damn exciting, and I'm Jill Chacha, and if this is your first time listening, goddamn, welcome to the Flock Business Goose. Shit's getting wild today, so I think we should just get into it. What do you say? All right, great. To do so, we need to first imagine the continent of Africa. Awesome. Thank you. Now, please point to the northeast corner. There you have Egypt. Hello. Now, move your finger farther northeast, and there is Israel. Now, one more time. Move your finger to the northeast corner here, and we'll find ourselves in Geshur Beno Yaakab. Oh, I fucking nailed that. I nailed it. It's an, arche <laughs> it's an archaeological site that just rewrote our timeline thanks to a bunch of teeth yeah you heard me a bunch of fucking teeth turns out these teeth were the pharyngeal teeth belonging to fish from the carp family now don't worry i didn't know what the fuck pharyngeal teeth were either so i gave it a google and it turns out they're just like molars just like our molars and they were used to grind up hard foods such as shells uh, for this fish but these fish oh my god these fish weren't exactly like the carp we have today. Uh, judging by the size of them, their teeth, uh, these babies were at least six and a half feet long, on average. Yeah. Now, if that sounds like one of these fish could feed a village, oh, you're right. But before we get into that, it took a damn village to find and analyze these teeth. So please brace yourself for the amount of people involved in this earth-shattering fucking discovery. We got to give them a shout out. Uh, researchers were from the Hebrew University of Jerusalem, Tel Aviv University, and Bar Ilan University. All those folks worked in collaboration with the Steinhardt Museum of Natural History, the Oranum, yeah, Oranum, sure, Academic College, the Israel Oceanographic and Limnological Research Institution, the Natural History Museum in London, and last but not least, the Johann Gutenberg University in Mainz. Holy shit, it's a lot of fucking people. But you know what? Got that out of the way. I think we buried the lead long enough. Let's get into it. As reported by EurekaAlert.org, quote, 
A close analysis of the remains of a carp-like fish found at the Geshar Bano archaeological site in Israel shows that the fish were cooked roughly 780,000 years ago. End quote. Yeah, dramatic pause. 780,000 years ago, people. Now, if that sounds like a long time ago, you're absolutely fucking right. Now, we need to get into why this 780,000-year number is such a big deal. First, while there is some evidence that Homo erectus, the first humans to walk fully upright, may have learned to use fire 1.7 million years ago, we weren't sure if they used and controlled fire to prepare to prepare meals. <laughs> now, until this discovery, the oldest direct evidence for cooking with fire had previously been attributed to, like, prehistoric tribes of Neanderthals and modern humans that were living, get this, 170,000 years ago. That's it. My friends, these teeth pushed back the timeline by 600,000 years. Like I said, we've been doing dinner parties for a goddamn while, and now it's longer, way longer, than anyone expected. Now, I'm sure you have a few questions. Like, first, shut the fuck up. How do we even know? <laughs> how do we even know this fish is that old? And how do we even know it was cooked? Excellent fucking questions. I'm glad you brought that up. According to Ben Taub of IFL Science, the carp teeth were discovered in a layer of sediment that was dated to 780,000 years ago. And Eureka Alert went on to report, quote, by studying the structure of crystals that form on teeth enamel, crystals whose size increases through heat exposure, the researchers were able to prove that this fish was exposed to temperatures suitable for cooking and were not simply burned by a spontaneous fire. End quote. Ah, so there you have it, my friends. A little forensics went a long way here, and the teeth revealed, yeah, holy shit, this fish was heated over a long period of time at a sustained temperature, a.k.a. cooking, cooking low and slow. <laughs> now, these early humans, they didn't have a wok, they didn't have a pot. Uh, researchers confirmed there was no cooking vessel discovered at the site. They believe those who enjoyed this meal probably kicked it old school in a style we still use today by digging a hole. Yes, it all comes down to holes. By digging a hole, building a fire in that hole, which, in that hole, which like burned down to a smolder, and when the right temperature is reached, you just bury all the ingredients, aka an earth oven, still done to this day in countless cultures across the world. Now, clearly, this preparation uh, of this meal 780,000 years ago, the, the preparation suggests this wasn't the first shindig. I mean, these folks knew what they were doing, which means there's probably even more older evidence of our dinner party origins out there, somewhere. Now, this is all pretty goddamn impressive, I think, just how long we've been eating together and preparing food. But my friends, here's the biggest reveal. Oh yeah, here it is. We probably started cooking initially, probably because, you know, food just tasted great this way, but cooking all caps, transformed our evolution as a species. From Eureka Alert, quote, Professor Hershkovitz and Dr. Zohar note that the transition from eating raw food to eating cooked food had dramatic implications for human development and behavior. Eating cooked food reduces the bodily energy required to break down and digest raw food, allowing other physical symptoms 
uh, sorry, other, <laughs> other physical systems to develop. It also leads to changes in the structure of the human jaw and skull. That's fucking huge, guys. Cooking freed humans from the daily intensive work of searching for and digesting raw food, providing them free time in which to develop new social and behavioral systems. Some scientists view eating fish as a milestone in the quantum leap in human cognitive evolution, providing a central catalyst for the development of the human brain. They claim that eating fish is what made us human. Even today, it is widely known that the contents of cooked fish, such as omega-3 fatty acids, zinc, and iodine, greatly contribute to brain development. End quote. Dramatic pause. So there you have it, my friends. Cooking. No big deal. <laughs> oh, and just to give you, like, perspective and, like, a real-life example of how vastly cooking altered the way we spend our time. Okay, sit the fuck down and listen to this. You're, you're going you're to tell somebody this fact today, okay? Quote, the most tedious part of a chimpanzee's life is chewing. Our primate, cousin, our primate cousins spend six hours a day gnashing fruit in the occasional monkey carcass. End quote. From science.org. Yeah. Six fucking hours chewing? I'm kind of jealous, but, you know, it's <laughs> no one's got time for that. Ah, oh, my God. So let's hear it for fucking cooking. And my friends, after the break, a very tiny object that just made some major fucking waves. 3,700 years ago, give or take, someone got their hair did, and the product they used then is helping us understand the evolution of language today. This is awesome. Please stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey everyone, Jill Chacha here from Well That's Interesting, and I am absolutely thrilled to tell you about Spotify for Podcasters. I use it, I love it, and it all started by downloading the free Spotify for Podcasters app, which has all the tools you need in one place to record and edit your masterpiece of a podcast. Spotify for Podcasters also distributes your show to all major platforms. So when you hit publish, your episodes will stream not only on Spotify, but I'm talking about the Apples, the Googles, Stitcher, Good Pods, the other ones. <laughs> you get the idea. And you can monetize your podcast with no minimum listenership required. You could also set up monthly subscriptions and record ads just like this one. So what are you waiting for? Download Spotify for podcasters today and start changing the world. Oh, and please stay interesting. 
20th Century Studios presents Vacation Friends 2. Now streaming only on Hulu. Look at us all together again. We just wanted to give you guys a real honeymoon. Shots! 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 Right. Now streaming. Dad! He was just released from jail. Where can I get a drink around here? Back on vacation. This place is nice. It's drug lord nice. I'm sorry, drug lord nice? With more baggage. Ever since he showed up, he turned this relaxing vacation into total chaos. Does that. Vacation Friends 2, rated R, now streaming only on Hulu. And we're back. We are so back. And my friends, we don't have to travel much farther from our last location. Yes, we are still in Israel because this place is fucking old. <laughs> now, please, this time around, uh, point to the middle of its west coast. All right, there you have Tel Aviv. Hello there. Now, just move your finger south a smidge and east a smidge. Perfect. Voila, here we are in Tel Lakish, or Lakish. Anyway, it's a Bronze Age settlement, which means it was once a poppin' city for about 600 years, from 1800 BCE to 1150 BCE. Now, today, it's an Israel Nature and Parks Authority site that is filled to the brim with doodads from the past. Back in 2016 throughout 2017, archaeologists here were doing what they do best, uh, just digging through layers of soot, collecting whatever the fuck they found. Now, hundreds of pieces were excavated, and as such, it took some time to analyze each, just one by one. So we're going to fast forward. <laughs> we're going to fast forward to 2022, when Madeline Mamcoglio, Mam Madeline, a researcher at the Hebrew University of Jerusalem, Madeline found herself looking at a tiny, itty-bitty artifact. Quote, Made of ivory, this pocket-sized comb measures less than one and a half inches long and one inch tall. One side contained six teeth, which were likely used for untangling hair, while the other had 14 finer teeth for removing lice and their eggs. All of the comb's teeth have been broken off over time, but researchers did find the partial remains of head lice on its second tooth, according to the study. End quote. That was from Jennifer, Jennifer Nalwicki, of live science. So my friends, may I present to you the teeniest, teeniest comb ever used for combing and a little bit of hygiene as the remains of an ancient head lice uh, were embedded in one of the teeth. Now, this is pretty cool in and of itself, finding something so relatable and personal from over 3,000 years ago, but here is where it gets cooler. My friends, stop whatever it is you're doing. Just stop, just fucking stop it right now. It's just not that important. I want you to quit your job, divorce your spouse, and head on over to our social media stuffs and take a look at this ancient fucking comb. All right, just pull up the post from today and take a peek at its condition and zoom in if you can and if, tell me if you can notice any etchings on it. All right, I'll, I'll give you a minute. Excellent. Yeah, it's super tiny, the teeth are all worn down to a nub, and uh, yeah, it looks like there's like little X's and circles, and it looks like something's there. Something definitely caught Madeline's eye. So hold on to your scalp, folks, because Madeline, get this, as reported by Live Science, using the zoom function on her smartphone, she was able to get a close enough image to decipher the cryptic message, which read, quote, May this tusk root out the lice of the hair and the beard. End quote. Now, this little plea 
is a big fucking deal, okay? Stick with me now. Professor Josef Garfinkel told EurekaAlert.org, this is the first full sentence ever found in the Canaanite language. Stick with me, stick with me, come on. Quote, we know dozens of Canaanite inscriptions, but all of them hold two or three words. Now we have a complete and clear sentence that allows us to see the language, the grammar, the syntax, etc. End quote. So my friends, listen up. The language of the Canaanites, which preceded Latin, is one of the oldest languages, one of the oldest written languages with an alphabet in history. The study's first author, Daniel Vainstub, oh, it's rough, Daniel. <laughs> Daniel Vainstub told Live Science in an email, this language was, quote, the first alphabet in the world from which most of the modern alphabets, including the Latin alphabet, descended, end quote. So, needless to say, finding the first sentence ever is kind of a big deal. And how fucking random is it that it was found on a tiny-ass comb from 3,700 years ago? Now, not only is all that amazing, but here are some other things that this comb tell us, uh, tells us. Uh, it's made of ivory, and since no elephants lived in these parts during this time, the comb must have been imported from Egypt. Uh, possibly, so the owner of the comb was probably on the wealthier side, but good news, they had lice. <laughs> and it was used a lot. I mean, just zoom in, you could actually see, like, how this person would hold their comb. Here's like an awesome detail provided by Eureka Alert. Quote, the central part of the comb is somewhat eroded, possibly by the pressure of fingers holding the comb during hair care, or the removal of lice from the head or beard. End quote. Now, I thought that was one hell of a visual to include. And um, just remember, this thing is only an inch across. And as such, researchers from this discovery are like, oh, you know what? We should probably go back and go over all these other objects with a fine-tooth comb. No pun intended. So that is the work ahead. Painstakingly looking for itty-bitty words. Quote, the engraver's skill and successfully executing such tiny letters, just one to three millimeters wide, is a fact from now on that should be taken into account in any attempt to summarize and draw conclusions on literacy in Canaan in the Bronze Age. End quote. So, sounds fucking daunting. <laughs> but you know what? These researchers, they love this kind of shit. And you know what? Good for them. It makes them happy and provides content for podcasters. Ugh. So thank, thank you. Thank you, thank you. And everyone, please save, save your brushes. You never know, you might end up rewriting history. And uh, thank you for listening, rating, subscribing, telling your friends about one of the oldest sentences ever written so far and uh, how long we've been cooking. Tell them, tell them over cooking. <laughs> so anyway, thank you again. And please, stay interesting.